Well, we're starting a, a new series tonight on Wednesdays, and I don't, I'm not sure what we'll do with it, where it's going to all go, and how long we'll stay on this, but for the rest of this month, for sure, on Wednesday nights, we're going to stay on this. And uh, I've, been, I've been personally... Um, <clears throat> so every message, every series we've taught this year has come from, it's the result of what I'm going to teach and talk about tonight. It's the result of knowing the voice of God. Really knowing the voice of God. It's, it's a result. Of, everything I've taught you over the, I mean, you know, over the last 29 years that I've pastored, I've preached a bunch of messages in 29 years. You can preach a lot in 29 years. But over the last year, maybe year and a half, um, <clears throat> there's been some things about that God has revealed to me in Scripture and just to me personally about the voice of God, about His voice. And tonight and the rest of this month on Wednesday nights, we're going to talk about the voice of God, about hearing the voice of God, but being able to identify the voice of God and knowing the difference in God's voice and every other voice. And it's vital that you and I know that. Um, I'll just tell you this. You can't function effectively on planet Earth with other people if you don't know what the voice of God is, what it sounds like. You're familiar with it because... Your mind every day gets blitzed with upwards of hundreds of voices that say all different kinds of other things. And if you don't know the voice of God and you're not developing that, you're not framing your world with the Word of God, I promise you, you're listening to other voices. And what will happen is, and, and, and we, every, when I say this, everybody will acknowledge that this is true. There's negative voices and there's positive voices. Negative voices will always overtake any positive voice you have if you don't believe in the positive voice. They'll just, they'll be fleeing. Anything positive that, that is coming to your mind will flee because it will be overtaken by negative voices if you're not daily framing your world with His Word because His Word is His voice. And I've got a statement that I want you to write down, I want you to remember, because we're going to talk about it all, all month long, and it's this statement that you see on the screen right here. The voice of God, <clears throat> the voice of God reveals the mind of Christ. There's a lot to meditate on in that statement right there. The voice of God reveals the mind of Christ. Now the scripture tells us to say that. In 1 Corinthians 2, it tells us to say, Paul said, but I have the mind of Christ. Amen. Say that. I have the mind of Christ. Okay? The voice of God, the voice of God is revealing to you the mind of Christ. You have to know the voice of God. There are people today that say things, you know, like, 
well, you know, I, I don't need to hear God. I don't need to pray. God's sovereign and just whatever happens was just God's will. So why would I pray? Why would I hear the voice of God? Would I do anything else? That's one side. Over here on the other side are people that at times feel like they don't have the ability to hear the voice of God because of all the mistakes they've made. Well, you know, I, I'm like this, I've acted this way, I've done these ugly things, and so how could I ever, how would God ever speak anything to me? Both are wrong. And in the middle is, we've all made mistakes, we've done things that are not right. God is sovereign, but He's sovereign according to His Word. And His Word is His voice, and His voice reveals the way that Jesus thinks, and Jesus wants you and I thinking like Him. You do not know how to hear the voice of God, you will not operate in the thoughts of Jesus. And we were created, Paul said, I have the mind of Christ. Bert Wimberly says, he has the mind of Christ. What about you? Amen. We have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have it. So tonight, <clears throat> I have three passages of scripture that we're going to talk out of tonight. And... Um, we're going to talk out of those three passages of Scripture. Maybe, you know, I, 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 if I said that's all, then next week I add one and then I lied. So I'm just saying we're going, to, we're going to talk from these three passages. More than likely, that's all for the next four services on Wednesday night from these three passages. And what, 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 what I'm going to give you are just a plethora of of examples of what the voice of God is like in a given situation and then all of the other voices that bombard you in a given situation. And we're going to talk about what that looks like and then we're going to talk about how to deal with it and get free of it. And we may stay on this for the rest of the year because we've got to hear the voice of God. It's vital. Your and my success and advancement in life all stems on hearing the voice of God because God's got the answer for everything already set up. I say the reason that many times we're not walking in the answer because we didn't hear what it was. Because we listened to too many other voices. So, three passages. <clears throat> John 10. John 10 and verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep, and we were created to know the voice of the good shepherd. You and I were created to know it. <clears throat> Verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. 
Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Neither do many people today understand this. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have what? Life and that they may have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now, we're going to talk a lot more out of this passage in the next few Wednesdays, okay? But here's the takeaway that I have for you from this passage before we look at the second passage. This is the takeaway. The life of God that he laid down for the sheep, that he has given to you and I, the life of God is connected to the voice of God. The life of God is connected to the voice of God. The life of God is connected to the voice of God. The strategy of the devil is to get you to listen to every other voice other than his. That's the strategy. And I can tell you today that the chaos and the confusion and the destruction on planet earth is because people don't hear his voice. Because when you take this passage of scripture literally and what he was actually saying, it's the thief the liar, the stranger, the thief and the robber, the one that comes a different way, the one that comes to lead people astray, he's the one that people are following after because if you follow after me, I'll give you my life. And his voice is tied to his life. His life is tied and connected to his voice. And you have to hear it. Can you say amen? Amen. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I think I'm going to start with verse 6 instead of verse 8. Um, so, most of you probably know this passage. Some of you may not. Um, so, in um, actually, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Let's look at the last verse of chapter two first. Last verse of chapter two, and then we'll go back to verse six of chapter three. <clears throat> Uh, 
Well, let's, let's look at the last two verses. Okay, I'm going to get this straight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on here. I just got to get my things set. Okay, so verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Here was the wedding ceremony of Adam and Eve. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. Chapter 3 and verse, we'll just fast forward to verse 6. The enemies, Satan, the serpent, the snake, the deceiver is coming to them. So when the woman, verse 6, saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want everybody to close your eyes. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes and don't look around. Something bad will happen to you if you look around. <clears throat> Just tease them. Now, keep your eyes closed. There's somebody walking in front at the church right now, in the, uh, up here by the pulpit. Somebody's walking back and forth. Just keep listening. One more time. Okay, look at me. Lee, who was that walking? Right? You don't know? Okay. Olivia, who was walking? Justin Wright? Joey, who do you think was walking? You think it was Justin? How many else in here think it was Justin? Why? Because you know what he sounds like when he walks. Huh? He has a boot sound when he walks because he works in boots and he wears boots all the time. Right? Yeah. You can just tell by that walk. You didn't even have to look to see who it was walking. Most of you know that it was Justin. Why? Because you know that sound. You know that sound. Look what they said. They didn't hear God talking. They heard God walking. 
And you know what somebody might say? Well, there wasn't anybody else in the garden but God and the two of them. Not so. Anybody ever been chased down by a rhino? Or an elephant? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> or anybody, anybody think that there's a distinct sound from an elephant walking? There were thousands of animals in the garden. Could have been anybody. They heard the sound of him walking because they knew him. They knew him. Interesting. They knew him. Then the Lord God called to Adam, verse 9, and said to him, Where are you? How many, how many in here think God knew exactly where they were? I mean, he wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't a question because God was going, my gosh, where did I put them? Man, I made them and they made, I put them in here, but where the crud did they? No, he, God knew exactly where they were, right? So he said, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. What does afraid go along with? Ashamed, right? All of a sudden they're naked and they're ashamed. And here's God's question. An interesting question at this point, but here's God's question. Who told you you were naked? And God's not necessarily just saying who told you you were naked, but who told you to be afraid and ashamed? Because here's the deal. This is what's been going over inside of me for a long time. And I'm living this life that I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm living it, and it's getting better and stronger every day, and I, I'm not living here not living the way I'm fixing to tell you right now. I'm not living here. Because you cannot make it without the voice of God. And here's, here's the issue about this question. It was just the three of them in the form of communication and connection those that were created in the image of God, it was just the two of them and God. And to that point, to that point, nobody but God had ever framed any decision that they had made. Nobody but the instruction and the leadership of God the one that created them, nobody had ever influenced their decision but him. And now his question is, what voice are you listening to? <laughs> I mean, to get over this naked and afraid thing, I, I'm, I mean, this may sound funny to you when I say this, But the first instruction after their marriage 
was to be that you're naked and unashamed. And eat freely in the garden. Right? You get to eat whatever you want. You're naked. It's the two of you. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. And the best, Adam, that you can do is go eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? I don't know about you, but in today's world, if I eat anything that I want to, I I don't want to be naked. I want to be covered up. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, if you're going to just eat whatever's not tied down and, I mean, just do whatever you want to do. They said, eat freely. You're naked. Adam, you got your wife. I mean, you know, and the best you can do is go eat the stupid fruit off of that tree I told you not to eat? What are you listening to? It's framing your world to make a decision like that. That's what we're talking about. Every time God shows you something in the Word, I promise you, when it comes to implementing that decision from God's Word, you're going to be hit with at least a minimum of a dozen voices telling you something contrary. How many times have you ever made a decision? A lot of times people at the first of the year, they'll make some kind of New Year's resolution about something. Their bodies or this or, you know, I'm going to do this thing or that thing or work on this or that or do better at this thing or that thing. And if you get something like that, no matter what time of the year it is, and you're getting something from God about making a change, what's going to be required when you make the change? Dedication, consistency, following through, doing what God told you to do. Is that right? And most people, most people can hang with it for a couple of weeks. Some people can hang with it for a month or two or three. Some people, if they're, say, watching what they're eating or whether, can handle it till Thanksgiving. You know? Well, we'll just, we'll just break. And, 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 see, and then, see, when the day comes when a decision is being made, whatever you've lined out, if you've got a cheat day and you're, you're sticking with that process or whatever I'm talking about, say if you're watching what you're eating or doing whatever, but, but, but whatever it is, if you're, working, you're learning to work out, you're going to do something in a different way, if, if, you, if, you get, if you heard from God about the change that you need to make in your life, there's going to be a reckoning day when about a dozen voices come to you and say, well, you know, you don't need to do that. Well, you know, you, you, you've been a trooper here, man. I mean, take you a day or two off. See, the problem with that is that a day of inconsistency turns into two and then ten and you quit. Yeah. And then, especially if you've done that 45 times over the last ten years and you've broke it every time, why would you go back to that? Why would you start over and try something that's never worked for you in the past? 
I'm, I'm just saying to you, if you learn how to be aware of how the enemy is setting you up and you cut that off, then you can live a life of obedience and do what he says and find yourself not on the receiving end of what Adam and Eve found themselves in, naked and ashamed, afraid, when, when what, was, what was declared over them on their wedding day is that you can eat freely, you're naked, and you'll never be ashamed. That's what was declared over them. And not too long after that, because of listening to the wrong voice, they find themselves ashamed and controlled by something and ruining, actually ruining everything for all of humanity. How many know that? I mean, they ruined it for all of humanity. Um, I wrote this down, um, that their disobedience in the garden Strip them of their covering and their protection, which produced the shame. What they had is they were protected by the life of God. They were covered by the life of God. The scripture says all of a sudden when they did what God said not to do and they listened to the other voice, then it opened their eyes, and what happened is the covering of the life of God came off of them, and they were on their own. For 4,000 years, humanity was on, we were on our own for 4,000 years, other than the mercy of grace giving us prophets who would speak the word and those kind of things, but we were on our own. Huh? We, we, were, we were creatures in a foreign land because what God had given us now was overtaken because, listen, the whole thing happened with mankind because Adam and Eve listened to a foreign voice. Stop and think about it. The second Adam has come, he's liberated us, he's positioned us, he's put us in a place to live right where he said we could live. And yet to do that, we have to pay attention to his voice and not all the other voices. And I promise you, they come to you in the night, in the morning, and if you are not framing your life and your world with the word of God, because what is the word of God? It's the voice of God. What is the voice of God? The voice of God is tied to the mind of Christ so that you and I think just like he does. We have that ability. I'm telling you tonight, we have the ability every day to think like he would think. And that means, that means, so much of this has to do with what, what, what we have in, on planet earth, what we have on planet earth is relationship problems. It's relationship problems. And the only way to be effective at relationships, because all the scriptures, if you notice, they talk about you and somebody else. Nowhere in the, in the scriptures do the promises of God relate to me where I don't have to use them in regards to relationships with other people. Think of all the different hats that all of us wear on a day-to-day -day basis. 
All the different relationships we have with different people. You've got to be able to hear the voice of God and know what's right. But it's not, it's not just trying to hear some generic something from God. His voice is tied to His Word. But the Word that is His voice is tied to the mind of Christ because we are the body of Jesus Christ. He's the head. And for my body, for me and me to operate in the earth as the body of Christ, I've got to be connected to how He thinks. And if I'm not, man, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting His time. I'm wasting time on planet earth going through the motions of just thinking that life is about my life and I'm going to be here forever. Come on. We're not. We've got to get this thing right. I'm telling you, that instance, go back and look at it, meditate on it, read it yourself. That instance in Genesis chapter 3, where God asks Adam and Eve the question, who told you that? Who have you been listening to that led you in a different direction than what I told you to do? John chapter 8, back to the book of John in the 8th chapter, and this is the third passage and I'm going to end with this. John chapter 8 and verse 1. Adam and Eve, when they didn't hear the correct voice, they were naked and ashamed. When we don't hear the correct voice, we find ourselves in situations where we feel ashamed. Actually, the word ashamed there is, a, is like a, it's a dirtiness. And you see it in the passage that I'm going to read right here. It could be, in this passage, it's about a moral situation. But in what we're talking about tonight, what we're going to go into in the next three weeks, has to do with any type of a situation along this line where when we listen to the wrong voice and we do that, we allow our mouths to connect with what a negative voice is telling us, then this thing comes on us. It may not look like it. You, you may be a type of a person, you have a personality that you hide those things, but when it's you and God, you can't stand before God. You can't connect with God because of what your mouth is doing toward other people. You, you, you can't connect because you're listening to voices that are not of God and you're following through with those voices and it's contaminating your life. There's, there's, a, there's, an ashamed, there's, a, there's shame that goes with it. There's this dirtiness that goes with that. It, it contaminates you. You know the little Peanuts character, the little dust cloud guy that, that would walk around? You remember the, the Peanuts guy? What was his name? Pigpen, Pigpen yeah. 
I mean, that, that, the, I mean, you, you know, I, the, the, the other day, a couple of days ago, something was being, I, something happened or somebody did something. I mean, it was just something like a, a business. We were just talking about some business that wasn't doing something correctly. And, you know, these words started coming out of my mouth. And as they started coming out, I, out of my mouth, I just said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying, what gives me the right to be critical of something, I don't know the operations of that business, it's not even a business, I don't even know the people, I don't even know who they are, and I'm just talking, you know, it wants to come out of my mouth, see, because where did that come from? Well, when someone else said something about the business, whatever it was that wasn't critical, and I had a thought, what's a thought? It's a voice. And the voice just wants you stirred up and accustomed to talking ugly and negative about other people. It just wants you in that flow because if you'll stay in that flow, you will not hear the voice of God. Voice of God and all the other voices are like oil and water. They don't mix. Verse 1, John 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. I was going to say something about the Mount of Olives, but it's distracting me. Wrong voice. No, no. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them, and then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught, everybody say caught, caught, in adultery. What does caught mean? Well, down farther here, it's going to say, in the very act. So that means they caught her, and what did they do with her? Well, we don't, we don't want to put shame or something on her, so let's cover her up and let's take her to Jesus. No. They're here to make a point, and they're trying to trip Jesus up, and the woman's out there standing buck naked. Well, Pastor, I'm not sure it doesn't say that, but it does not say that, and that would be like these guys. So, look at this passage of Scripture that I'm talking to you right now through these eyes right here. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. wonder where the guy is huh takes two to make it happen right now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned but what do you say this they said testing him that he might have something of which to accuse him but Jesus uh, what did he do he uh, he stooped down he started writing in the sand. I've heard all kinds of messages along this line about what he was writing. And he was writing the names of the guys that were with her and, you know, whatever else. And he could be. Who, who knows? Okay? <clears throat> whatever God told him to write, that's what he was writing. He did what God told him to do. He said, I only do those things that my father tells. So he heard the voice of God. He knew how to hear the voice of God. 
This they said, testing him, that he might have something. This is verse 6. But Jesus stooped down. He wrote in the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. Verse 7. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and he said to them, "Um, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Verse 8. And again, he stooped down. How many people thought Jesus stooped down twice? He went down a second time. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. I'm just telling you. And he again stooped down and he wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, dropping their stone, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in his midst, and I'm reminding you, buck naked. If you have a hard time with buck naked, God wants you to get over it. Like the pastor saying the woman was buck naked. If you have a problem in, with that in your mind, God wants you to get over that. Because here's the picture. And I want you to notice. I mean, how many times in Scripture do we see where Peter, you know, most of the time Peter did the wrong thing. So you would think maybe Peter, the next thing is, and Peter grabbed a sheet and covered her up. Or maybe Jesus made the point she needed to be covered up. Here's the thing that I saw in this, and I, and I, and I, I made a note of this. And I want you to think about this as I finish this passage right here. <clears throat> God doesn't see our nakedness. He sees our shame. We see our shame because we're naked. God's not looking at the nakedness. He's looking at our shame. He's not concerned about her standing there with him having no clothes on. Because why? God created us to be naked and not ashamed. The shame comes because of our nakedness. And I I just wrote this for you to kind of apply those two things to everyday situations. And I I wrote it like this. In other words, we see our mistakes because of the messes we've created. God doesn't see our mistakes. What God sees in your and my life is how it's affected you. That's why for you to get free of anything in your life, you have to hear the voice of God. In this situation right here, all these men 
drop their stones. Why? Because more than likely, most of them had probably been with her. They were trying to trip him up and get him stuck in some law that he couldn't get out of. They thought they were all that. But you can never, you can never be defeated. The the voice of God can never be defeated. You can never not win if you hear the voice of God, if you listen to the voice of God. You will always win. You You stop and think about it. So there's no situation, no humiliation. You think about that woman standing there in front of all those people the way she was, being exposed. And Jesus asked her, where are your accusers? There's not one, not even one. (laughs) I don't accuse you either. Now, Go on and just keep doing what you're doing. The voice of God will not only lead you out of things, it will keep you out of things. You know what? You know who that was? That was Mary Magdalene, one of his devout followers. And the works that Mary did, that church history shows that Mary did after the cross, after the resurrection, were amazing. That woman never went back to that lifestyle. She was never humiliated again because she obeyed the voice of God and never went back. to. He didn't say, you know, I, I don't condemn you, now go do the best you can. He said, go and don't do it again. Now, I'm, I'm going to end this message with this thought tonight and we'll get back into it next Wednesday night. When you hear the voice of God, okay, we talked about tonight, the Word of God is the voice of God. What is the voice of God tied to? The mind of Christ. The thinking of God. So when you get, when He tells you something, when actually... um, going to read one of the things I've I've been writing, I've been spending a lot of time writing examples about what I'm talking about here because I want to drive this point home. Um, So, to overcome and to stay free of what has plagued you in a certain way let's let's say that you've been a per, let's say you work somewhere you have co-workers and you've had an issue with somebody that's a co-worker okay and God has come to you and said and 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 you know through the teaching of the word and you praying and meditating and you 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 you're developing a diet of the word this doesn't just come out of the sky it doesn't just float out of the clouds and it and it just takes over your life but as you've meditated so the more you're learning to listen to the voice of god he'll tell you something 
I want you to stop criticizing that coworker. I mean, on, on the, in the job place, it's very prevalent because people are so insecure that they've got to find people to be negative with, to talk about other people so they feel better. That's just, that's just the world. They're not bad people. That's just the way the world is. And so God comes along and he's saying, I want you to make a change in yourself and I want you to stop that. Okay? The voice of God has spoken something to you. I promise you that by before you get to work the next day, there's going to be anywhere from 12 to 10,000 voices coming to you why you shouldn't do what God told you to do. I mean, 10,000 voices, okay, let's just say uh, 150. Because it's very possible that many voices are going to come and say, yeah, but you know, you know, uh, she or he did that thing to you. Uh, you. You can't be, you know, you can kind of act or whatever, but, but, you know, they still did that to you. Then another voice may come and say, yeah, but you know, if you do that, they're going to take advantage of you. Then another voice will come and say something else and something else. And you say, you say, you might say, well, I'm just thinking those thoughts. No, you're thinking those thoughts because those voices are telling you what is the strategy of the enemy? The enemy's strategy is to get you listening and keep you listening to voices that are not God so he can have you trapped so you will not obey the voice of God and find yourself successful and everything you touch turn into gold. The reason it doesn't is because we don't know how to hear the voice of God and we've not trained ourselves to expel those other voices and talk to them and say, I'm not paying attention to you. No, I'm doing what God told me to do. I'm forgiving that person and actually, listen to me, there's been times, there's been times when God has made me, there's been people that have left this church and they left and they did things and said things about me that I never even thought about myself and God made me do things for them and talk well of them and send them, there was a case where I had to send something. God told me, I want you to send something to this person and do that for them. And, and listen, it's not about, okay, somebody's done you wrong, now you have to do something right. It's about hearing his voice. What do you do? I didn't say I did that with everybody. I'm saying there were times when God said, I want you to do that. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Did you want to strangle him? Absolutely. Did you want to go tell everybody else what you think they did? Yeah, absolutely. But listen, all that would be would be my perspective, one-sided. They have a side too. And the more you realize that, you don't have to be right all the time. You just don't have to be right. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when I stand before God, I'm going to say, well, God, but you know they did this, and if they wouldn't have done that, huh? the angels are going to flutter by and be laughing. That's an idiot. He didn't learn anything on, on earth. He's blaming, still blaming, still bl- No. Blame who? Huh? I'm, I'm, living, I'm living in the blessing. How about you? I'm living in the blessing of God. I refuse to live anywhere but the blessing. But living in the blessing is obeying the voice of God. And the voice of God is tied to the mind of Christ. I think his thoughts. I do what he says every single day. And I will not 
listen to the voice of the stranger because he came that I might have life and have it more abundant. The Amplified says, what does the Amplified say? Overflowing to the full until it overflows. That's where you and I are living. But it'll never happen. It'll never happen if we don't dispel the negative voices and the voices that go contrary to what God's word is saying. But you'll never dispel negative voices if you don't have a diet of the word of God. If you're not framing your world daily with the word of God, it, 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 it's vital that you stay on top of it and that you allow that to be a part of your life so that the life of God flows out of us. The voice of God. We saw that in John 10. The voice of God and the life of God are connected. Verse 11 in that chapter 10 of John, that he gave his life for the sheep. Now for me to be on the receiving end of that life that he gave and laid down for me, I have to hear his voice. I have to hear his voice. We're going to talk about it all, all the rest of the month this summer, whatever it is. Yeah, it's still summer. We're going to talk about it the rest of the month and maybe beyond. Maybe just go beyond because we have to know this. We have to be reminded and you won't get it in one message. And you have to listen to it and you have to pay attention to the things that were spoken. I gave you some prophetic things tonight that will liberate your life if you do something with those. Amen? What I said, what I said to you tonight out of Genesis chapter 3, the question that God asked, who told you that? That's translated out, what voice framed your decision that was not mine? Because I'd have never told you to eat that, that fruit. Never. So some other voice told you to do something, and look what it produced. Do you think you're on my choices? based on the things that we do that are not from the voice of God, can create that kind of destruction in our lives? I don't know, but I don't want to find out. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Who wants to find that out? I want to know the voice, and I want to pay attention, and I want to obey, and I want to do it right every single day. I don't want to find that out. Well, I don't know. Maybe so. Could it? Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to play that game. That's a game. This is real, man. This is real life stuff. He created us this way. And he created us to hear his voice. Can you say amen?